Welcome back to the show. Today, we're here with Juliana Vislova, a VP of Design at Mercury. Fun fact, this is our first in-person podcast recording in about over three years since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, and we, Anthony, Anthony and I are super excited to be here and glad to have you here, Juliana. Glad to be here. Why don't you just get us kicked off with telling us just a little bit about who you are, your story, fun facts, whatever you want us to know. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm Juliana, as you said. I'm VP of Design at Mercury. Uh, Mercury is an all-in-one banking platform for startups. Uh, we started in 2017, and uh, I was the founding designer there. And um, right now, we've basically have gone th from uh, designing solo to managing the design team. We're about 25 people right now. Um, yeah. Um, I guess uh, about my path, I'm a career switcher, um, self-taught designer. Me too. Nice. Yeah. A lot of designers actually are career switchers, uh, which is amazing. Uh, so I've majored in linguistics. I've worked in marketing. Um, and then I kind of found my path into design. Uh, it's a, it's a, I found that it's a perfect combination of uh, all of my interests. Uh, I don't know, like art, psychology, uh, a little bit of like problem solving, not a little, a lot of problem solving. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Um, career switching. This seems really common. I know that, like I said, I was a career, t career switcher. Uh, I like to say that's my previous life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's an interesting way to get into design. And like one of the things that, that Anthony and I have talked about quite a bit is that the career switchers are really important because you bring in a very diverse amount of perspective yeah. and uh, alternate views on how to solve a problem. So, um, has that, have you kind of felt that coming? Like, are you, are you, do you find yourself at some points being like, oh crap, like yeah, for I, sure. I did this already or yeah, pulled yeah, in yeah. a skill? Well, something. actually that was, uh, that happened to me when I found out that there's like UX design. I was like, well, actually that's what I've been working on as a marketing person, like very similar, like research and all that. Um, and uh, eventually, I guess what was important uh, was to realize that, like, whatever life you had before design, it's all really valuable. And uh, I feel like a lot of uh, people who are just starting out as a designer, they were like, well, I'm like general assembly experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't have much, but uh, you actually have a lot if you worked at a, an agency or like a big corporation, um, or I don't know, journalism, you know how to talk to people, you know, yeah. how to, how business works, right? Like you, you are already mm, kind of more aware of the business side of design. And I, I think it's like super crucial to be aware of that. Um, and, uh, I, I do believe that, uh, every experience is useful in mm -hmm. design really. Um, so uh, I honestly like really like uh, I I would say more than half of our, our team is uh, career switchers. That's awesome. I I, I think thirty three percent of ours is as well. I mean you don't hear that a lot, and I'm glad that 
that y'all are doing that. Like, I, I agree, you know, like the, a lot of product design, UX design is not creating pixels. It's communicating with people, negotiating with people, telling people stories, selling your ideas and, oh, you know, yeah. like, and you also need like really talented, you know, designers too. But like, it's amazing what happens when you Balance mash up a couple out. of yeah. people that like kind of tackle those problems in different, different, different ways. Yeah. So what does that mean as far as, or maybe it doesn't mean anything, I don't know, but whenever you come in to uh, a new career in, quote, big D design, um, you have some sort of experience with a career, kind of. Um, so what does that mean for, like, growing, like, either right out of the gate or through the through the length of your career? Because... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you are really uh, focused on continuing to uh, help people like renew why they're excited about their job and their career. Um, so like how like how have you like overcome or overcome either burnout or like moments of, of like a lull in growth? And then, like, how do you, how do you just dis like distribute that thought and that process to other people? Yeah, um, I would say I did experience a lot of burnout in my marketing career. Mm. Uh, I worked at an agency. I was young. And what's, the name uh, of that, what's the name of that show? Everybody loves. I've never seen. What's the name of that show? No. Uh, Mad Men. That's oh it. right, right. Yeah, I've never, <laughs> seen it. never seen a single episode. Uh, yeah, it was like digital marketing agency and uh, I was working like crazy and I, I kind of, I didn't realize you have to, you know, care for yourself. Um, um, basically, I would say try to not burn out. <laughs> <laughs> like be aware of it before it happens? Yeah, uh, at least uh, I'm trying to get to a point where like when I notice that uh, I'm not doing something that I love doing for a long time, like I don't have this mind space or um, enough strength to, I don't know, go and uh, paint something or mm -hmm. like, I don't know, uh, create a, a piece of pottery. Um, that's where I know that uh, I'm doing too much at work uh, and it's like my, just my mind is, uh, is not there. Um, Sorry, can can you repeat the question? No, yeah, it was uh, it was basically like like, um, you know, we're talking a little bit about like started with growth. I kind of jumped ahead quite a bit in in career stand in career progression, but like starting out as a career uh, a career switcher, um, and you get into this new career in like let's say experience design, you're really excited and you're just all in right for a long for a while. I'm I, I'm actually speaking through my own shoes right now. Mm -hmm. You're all in, right? And then there comes a time you're like, um, uh, like, uh, uh, how do I express it? Uh, it's just hard to feel good moving forward because it's taking a lot more effort than you felt like it used to. Mm. Like draining versus energizing. Kind yeah, of. draining versus energizing. So, um, yeah, interesting. Uh, I guess... Uh, I guess I'm trying to um, 
reframe things. Mm. Uh, I, I do think that uh, when you get into like a, I don't know, the mood where you feel like more depressed than you're excited, uh, yeah. that's where something is not f working for you as a person, right? Like, and you need to understand like what exactly is not working. Like, you need to be honest with yourself. Okay, like it's the team that's not working. It's the type of activity that I thought I would be excited about but it's not working for me or it's just like your level of skills is not enough or too much for for the job um and then like when you it's like with design right like you ask the five whys and then you're kind of okay that's what the issue is and uh you just like need to figure out how to change the flow uh yeah i, I would say like as long as the job is not job place is not toxic right uh mm -hmm you can work with it and like you can create your own path uh, through, I mean, talking to your manager about like your burnout and like what you act like, what, what is causing it and uh, changing it or trying to change it, uh, trying new projects or like a different type of work. Um, I guess it's also important to know what excites you or like what, what makes you energized. Um, yeah. D is, um, do you all keep a pretty close eye on each other at Mercury to, to like look out for Try, people Trying to, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely, like, it, it's important for us to, to have people who love what they do, right? And who, for a creative person, like, you have to have that mind space to actually, like, you know, create something that's not been done before or is a little bit less obvious than like the first idea that you have. Um, so I think it's important to basically have interests in life, right? To have the time for that. Um, and it's important to be honest with uh, like your manager on like how, how things are hap going and uh, yeah, for the manager, of course, to ask, mm -hmm. ask a lot of questions. I'm curious, um, the Mercury team is remote. I'm sure that you've hired a lot of people, you know, over the pandemic. Um, I know you guys get together. That's why you're here. Mm -hmm. um, you have more experience with, I think, remote design than I do, definitely. When I'm in a room like this one, I can sense energy, you know, and I can, I can pick up on, you know, one of my teammates if I feel like, if I can kind of sense that they're burned out or how they react to something that they're doing. And I, and I can create some feelings about, you know, are they experiencing burnout or is there a misalignment on passions or something like that? But how, what are some of the, the, the tricks or things to think about when you don't have the luxury of being in a room with someone, like when you only, the only portal you have is a phone call or a, a zoom screen or stuff like that. How are, what are some of the things that you and your team do for each other to, to Tony's question, like make sure everyone's like being thought about and protected and yeah understood. Um, I would say that when the pandemic started and we all moved to like exclusively remote, uh, I tried to establish like rituals for the team and like enough points of connection uh, through the week so that we can actually like see each other and like, I don't know, like when basically we have four meetings a week still for the design team like our Monday morning where we just align on priorities and all that uh, to workshops and uh, 
like at the end of the week, uh, we have a coffee chat where it's just a casual conversation. Uh, yeah, um, I would say in, in a casual conversation, that's that's where like you feel it the most, I guess, where like people are just not feeling feeling it, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just like I guess I, I'm I'm not saying I'm perfect at this, but uh, I'm trying to just look at. Um, I mean, I know the patterns or I know the people, right? And like just changes in behavior. Like, I don't know, a person is like less active on Slack or less excited about like talking to others. A little bit shorter than they usually yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, burnout is real. Burnout is real. Uh, yeah, I would say as well that, um, I, I mean, I, I've been close to burnout maybe like a year ago. Um, when I moved from like solo designer to a whole team of designers mm -hmm. and being manager. Um, and to me, I think uh, burnout usually happens for me personally um, when I no longer feel um, the sense of agency, like my own agency. Mm. Um, it's when I feel like I cannot change things, right? Um, like I whatever mm. I do doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I'm not the owner of my own <laughs> destiny. And, uh, in those moments, just again, talking to your manager about, like, okay, this is not working for me. Um, and maybe trying to step away, I guess, of course, like just taking a vacation, uh, always helps, <laughs> but, uh, taking a step away and like looking at what you're doing and like, actually like thinking about how you can change things for me it works like magic like okay i when i realize what i want instead of like i have to do right like for me burnout burnout is like oh man i have to do all those things and uh i feel helpless and like mm -hmm. hopeless um so how do you how do you like re renew that yeah. how do you bring that excitement back whenever you feel that right yeah how um, does that come back <laughs> Maybe an easier question. Through action. <laughs> through it. action. Yeah. Uh, I would say like it's always important to do something instead of like think for a long time mm. about it. Uh, yeah. I would say just understanding again what, what's not working and trying experimenting, right? Like how do I change? Like I realized uh, that hiring like is the most draining thing for me like that's the most draining activity um but i have to do a lot of hiring mm -hmm. <laughs> uh and then i'm like well can i make it interesting for me as a person right instead of like only thinking about it in like work scenarios uh just like how can i make the uh conversation interesting for me as mm -hmm. a person what can i learn from this uh um like candidate um or from this human being <laughs> um and then like how do i actually talk talk to my re like recruiting team like about my av availability right like putting the boundaries to like how many hours i can spend uh, a week on, on this activity so just like actually like i guess putting yeah understanding your boundaries and like putting them actively um Hiring is, is something that's always been stressful for me too, um, but also the most exciting. One of the 
biggest challenges that I went through when the company grew and I realized I can't just make, cause I used to make all the hiring decisions on my mm-hmm. own. Oh, yeah. I had all the conversations with candidates. I, you know, I, all I had to do is talk to Natalie and we'd be like, yeah, we're going to hire this person. But now there's all these other leaders and, mm-hmm. um, and I too found like, Oh, like I'm excited about this, but what is it I'm excited about? I like, I, I like making the job offer. Mm. That's what's exciting. <laughs> I like, I like writing the job offer. All of the, the formal interviewing process is really stressful for me. I don't think I'm the best interviewer. Mm. And I was also doing a lot of it. So I don't know if you've experienced this, but I, you know, what changed that for me is flipping that upside down, like me having the last conversation with a candidate, mm-hmm. like once all of my mm-hmm. uh, other leaders have already said, yeah, we yeah. like this person and just trying to, you know, be involved in it to your point, like what, 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 and why are the, what are the parts that like are stressful or that mm-hmm. I don't feel as confident in? Yeah, definitely. And it also makes a lot of sense, I guess, for, for you and for me to be at the end of it. Because uh, like right now we have managers who are going to mostly work with the person. So mm-hmm. I trust their decisions on like who they want to hire. And for, for me, it's mostly like a sell and like a culture fit. But at that, that point, usually it makes like, I'm not saying no <laughs> to people <laughs> at the end. Yeah. What, what was it like, um, going from being founding designer control of all the design, I'm, I'm sure to like going up the ranks, having more, you know, like, and not having yeah. that control over the work pr- output. Oh yeah. I'm still <laughs> not, over, <laughs> not, not over this, uh, uh definitely challenging. Um, I mean, I used to do like. I did everything, right? Like I did the visual design, the product design, um, and uh, I, I knew about everything that's happening uh, with the product. Um, and uh, well, I would say it, it was definitely challenging. It, it didn't happen fast, of course. Like I mean, like we started with maybe like adding three more people to the team and then like slowly grow, not slowly, but growing. Um, I guess, uh, trusting other people, um, like learning to trust other people and, uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm totally blanking, but, um, did it make you depressed? It did make me, um, feel like, I don't know what I'm doing, kind mm. of. Uh, I never had an imposter syndro- symptom, uh, syndrome before uh, I became a manager. Um, mm. But with management, I'm, I still I sometimes struggle with, like, oh, am I actually making good decisions? And uh, is it actually true what I'm saying? So um, it's just, like, embracing other people's personalities. Um, yeah not being able to see everything, um, not being able to control everything, yeah. as you mentioned. Uh, I, I definitely uh, struggle with this. But, uh, and I guess there was a little bit of ego, right? Like, oh, I, I kind of want to, to do this. Um, yeah. One thing that I've learned, um, and maybe there was like a fear that, okay, new people will come and bring their own kind of rules and all that. Um, 
and uh, take my job. I don't know. <laughs> it, it was a fun, funny fear, I guess. But um, I learned that uh, like at some point you get to a point where you understand that there is always going to be enough space for everyone, right? Like uh, there is enough work for every new person who comes in. I feel like every person who comes in creates more work for other people, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just like we're growing the product as well. So it, it's it's like a whole universe right now. Um, so I definitely let go of that fear that, oh man, someone will come and replace me. Um, and about the control, um, I think it's a fear of like not being perfect. Uh, mm. You know, like I'm I'm responsible for mm-hmm. this thing, right? Like for my baby, and now uh, the baby's doing things on on its own. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's mostly I guess like internal kind of work of like, okay, you, you don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect always. Like we can experiment and grow and learn and uh, fix things if something's not working Um, and also like I saw how much uh, beauty and magic other people Mm, uh, bring Um, and it's like uh, yeah I guess I I, I was afraid of things that weren't scary you know (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate you sharing that I mean my experience was very similar you know I was used to doing work by myself for most of my career and I was in a situation where I was going from creative directing a few things to not really being involved in anything and I really doubted my value like I like I came really I actually had a conversation with Natalie one time saying well I think I should quit because we don't need to have just like management overhead like mm-hmm. I'm not offering any value but once I you know I, it took some time to figure out like how to add value in a, in a new role and I'm pretty sure people would have said that uh you definitely have value. <laughs> <laughs> but when I couldn't put pixels down anymore, mm-hmm. I felt like, who am I? Yeah. Like, what, if, what am I, what do I have to offer? I don't have these other skills. What, what, know, like, what do you have to offer? <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, I don't know, like, and I think the thing that changed it for me was like realizing, oh, you know, I don't remember how old I was at the time, but definitely now it's like, oh, well, I'm in mid forties. Like, it's time, it's time to let other people, you know, do that stuff. And like, my job is to make sure they, they could do the work they want to do. And, yeah, yeah. but that was difficult for me to control. Letting go of control was probably the hardest thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, like, I think a lot of designers who come from, I seen to management, like, and engineers as well, I've noticed, uh, talk about, like, meetings as not work. Uh, or, like, oh, I spent, like, the whole day in meetings. I didn't do any work, you know? Oh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's also, like, an interesting switch uh, to understand that, like, now you are more of a conductor or, mm-hmm. like, you are the creator of space, uh, to hold everyone else and to make them more productive and inspire them and make sure that they're not burned out and they're, insp- I guess, inspired. I already said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I definitely, definitely feel like managers are super important. Like, that's the vibe you bring 
on the team, right? And that's that's why people want to work here, right? Like the the majority of people who quit usually they quit about because of people mm-hmm. issues, right? And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I feel like yeah. I think that like I said this in a, a past uh, podcast that we recorded that. Um, like even as a manager, you might be doing like less tactical pixel work, but you're still being, you're still a creative person. Oh yes. <laughs> you're still using your creativity to solve people problems. So it's just another shape that your creative creativity is taking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like I, like me going from, I see I'm moving towards that management track too. And there's definitely like what I mean, I, you already have. Nah, I, well, well, it's a trend, I think it's a transition period. Yeah, it's a transition period because like um, like for for me, like I've, I've, I've now hyper aware of, of like the letting go aspect of it, hyper aware of the people aspect, hyper aware of my internal um, what's happening on on a lot of different levels Mm -hmm. because um, there's definitely a transition period that, that takes a while to get it, to get adjusted to and to get used to Mm -hmm. making that, making that, that switch. Um, What makes you or what helps you become a better manager? I think to be totally honest and not to steal what you said, but the magic that other people bring to the table, because there's been time and time where time and time again where like uh i've said out loud you did that way better than i could have ever done that or you took that from a way different angle than i would have ever taken that Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of of like trusting other people to do a job is that like um everybody here i mean everybody everywhere is talented but everybody here is talented for their own specific reasons and they're on Mm -hmm. the team for the for the for those reasons and so believing in those people and letting those people shine in the way that they do is really important. And like, I, I for me, that's the most gratifying part of it is like, um, like seeing somebody kind of exceed beyond maybe where they thought that they would have been mm-hmm. yeah. or could, I guess. So, but like this would make me, makes me think of a, 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 like think of something else because all of this talk sounds very mature, right? It sounds like a very mature state of mind. So, like, is that what maturity is? Or, like, what is maturity in this career that we have, this design career? Like, what is that? Honestly, as in every every other career, I mm-hmm. feel like. Uh, again, I, I'm coming from marketing background. Um, and w- when I was actually considering design, I did a few... Um, information interviews with uh, friends who did design was like well what does it feel like like what is your 1890 or like day to day and uh, the challenges and the challenges were just like people challenges Mm. as everywhere else and like deadlines people mostly that Um, so like I feel like becoming mature in the career is just becoming mature as a person, uh, just understanding yourself better, understanding others better, understanding how to kind of navigate the relationships. Because uh, definitely, like in management for sure, but also in like high IC levels, uh, you definitely have to deal with just people mm-hmm. problems a lot, <laughs> and. Uh, 
it really helps to first of all understand yourself right uh, because when you understand yourself you can understand others better um, but also what helps is um, to be able to I guess honestly communicate with others and uh, yeah I, I don't know where it sto started already but uh, um, well is that just being like mature uh, mature, yeah, mature. Or like, and like an adult like yeah like yeah, is yeah. that just like owning your kind of owning your shit yeah both exactly. both from a self perspective like owning me as a person yeah. and then yeah translating that out to the people around you honestly i think a lot of growth happens when you realize that it's not really productive to get offended mm. by anything um i mean you can do it for a long time and like uh, the team can be blocked for a long time because, like, we cannot find a solution uh, that satisfies everyone. Um, and, and I tell, uh, told uh, some of uh, designers that on our team, it's like, be, be an adult in the room. Like, be the first one to say, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Like, tell me, like, why you think I'm wrong. Uh, and start listening and like that opens up a conversation and like you actually start understanding where the other person is coming from um, and like the process just flows instead of like saying you're wrong mm -hmm. and yeah. being blocked by, by that basically. Yeah. What was, how did you phrase that to, for someone to say, maybe I'm wrong. Can you help me understand why I might be wrong? Yeah, or, or or just like, oh, it's interesting that you think it doesn't work. Like, tell me more about that, right? Like, just being curious of what other person's point is. Uh, I often found that uh, in conflict, both people, uh, both people are um, like they are working towards the same goal, mm -hmm. but just like having either different values or different approaches to the problem, right? And uh, the issues are like. I don't understand what you want or like how, how you act. I'm afraid that that's not gonna lead us to the result that I want and you don't understand me. And that's actually what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the importance of communication and honest communication. Like you definitely need to understand your partners and like how they work, what they want, um, what they value, their values are. Um, to be able to kind of frame what you're doing um, from their perspective and, and explain your reasoning in a way that makes sense to them. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of maturity right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I, I like that idea. I think that's, that's something that, that I should try something I have to offer. I don't know if you two have ever tried this, but um, someone taught me and, and, and my wife, Natalie, my business partner and Mari, like a tip to make decision making by where usually like you would, you may have very drastic difference in opinion or some contention to just, you, you frame the, the decision you're trying to make. And then every person gets a, an opportunity to respond, but you start with what your fear is about that decision. Oh, it's that way, everyone in the, everyone that you're making that decision with understands you as a human mm, Anyway, your, awesome. what your, your fear and why you're proposing mm -hmm. a solution or something like that i found yeah. i think just back to this maturity thing it's like it's just things that help 
you know, the way we think about like our adult lives and our adult relationships and our, our families or extension of our families, our friends, all those things that we pick up along the way, you know, it can be applied in business. I mean, same thing with like a, like a friend, right. You know, like, yeah. you know, um, you, you might have to break up with a friend or you might have to save a friend relationship or you have to make a decision with a friend. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I, I usually, when someone starts, I ask them, or I, in, in the first conversation, uh, we talk through uh, like how we want to work with each other, and uh, I usually ask to be very candid. I, I'm not sure if people actually are very candid with me, but I really, really want it, and I appreciate when people can get through the fear of, being misunderstood or like talking to your manager about like what's not working for you um but i think it's really important to not get things snowball uh because things that are invisible you cannot work with them right like you cannot fix the problem if you don't understand mm -hmm. the issue and it's like here like you just like put your designer hat and like become curious and like ask the whys and yeah. uh become the researcher, right? Like, w what's not working? Like, yeah. uh, how, how do we fix it or, like, change it in a way that would work for you? Or, like, what, what do you want, right? Like, w what's, what is your fear? And, like, what do you actually want? What, what's your kind of ide ideal? Yeah, situation? what's your what's your desired outcome? And mm -hmm. then yeah. what, what methods or experiments can we put in place to try to yeah. help enable that? And also, like, maybe also pronouncing your approach as well, like, like just, like, making it visible, how you make decisions. Because, like, I feel like in a lot of cases, um, teams don't have trust in each other's actions because they don't understand, their, like, the reasoning behind the actions, right? And uh, when you actually explicitly state... Uh, how you heard others, like what exactly you heard from others, right? First of all, like, oh, I understand what you're saying. And like, here's what I think we should be doing so that they can comment on that and express their opinion. And and like, yeah, as soon as like you have things on paper, all right, like it's like with design, right? Like the empty canvas feels <laughs> scary, but like as soon as you start putting like rectangles around and uh, messing with them, like it, it's kind of, I think it becomes more interesting. Mm -hmm. So like along the lines of that, because all of this, a lot, all of this is like, kind of sounds very process-esque to me mm -hmm. and, and how kind of similar to what we we're saying about like, um, leveraging your creative mind in a different way to create a process to like enable certain things, whether that be goals for somebody or goals for the organization or product goals um, is, is like the designing, the designing of a process actually as satisfying as designing like the actual thing, like the tool or product itself in, in, from your perspective. Yeah. I definitely think it's not the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I definitely miss Figma days. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes jump into Figma and do stuff, but uh, yeah, I realize. You just it's jump like into Figma and hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like move it. There to should be a massive Figma file 
Just for like design managers. For managers. Who aren't, who aren't supposed to design a, at work and just side projects. That is a great idea. And just hang out with wow. people and make buttons and put gradients on them or whatever. That would be amazing. <laughs> Holy oh, crap. Man, yeah. That would be amazing. Oh, that sounds really cool, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, actually, like uh, a little bit of a sidebar, but uh, I just recently talked to a coach, uh, and uh, he used to be a COO, and he's like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, I'm a maker as well, and like, I had those uh, issues myself. Uh, and he's like, well, you can actually carve a project for yourself and just like make sure that you have time for it. Yes, it's not a huge project, it's maybe something small, but it still like keeps you motivated, energized, and like you, you can actually like channel that maker energy into something. Uh, I'm not there yet, but uh, that, that's kind of my dream, dream state. Uh, I want to ask you this, because um, I was really kind of inspired by something you said in the kitchen earlier before we recorded. We were talking about what you're doing personally and you said you were doing pottery and you also mentioned it earlier and you you drew this interesting analogy of the similarities between pottery and management i was wondering if you could maybe unpack that a little bit because i thought it was uh, pretty cool sure um i guess uh, the thing that was really interesting to me and uh I, I tried pottery basically with the team once and i was really bad at it um, and uh, one of the important things in pottery is to center the clay on the wheel. Uh, that's basically the, the main kind of task that you have as, as a potter. Like th this is something you cannot go without, right? Uh, that, that's the foundation. And I was so bad at it. I was uh, so, so bad that I went and like signed up for, for the courses to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, like maybe the fifth day of just like struggling with the clay. Um, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, uh, I go home like totally exhausted after just like pushing <laughs> the clay and like <laughs> two hours of like trying to set it uh in the make it do what you want it to do exactly like i'm like i'm so invested in like succeeding and nothing really happens for me I'm like okay maybe you have to let it go a little mm. um and uh i realized that um uh, like it's like with management if you push too much like you you get burned out right like people are not happy you're not happy like you're like overworked uh if you let go too much everything falls apart mm, yeah so you kind of have to find that like balance between pushing and letting go that's like exactly perfect uh and creates exactly the perfect uh, kind of shape that, that uh, you have but for that you need to have vision right like, yeah. you need to understand where where you want to go I thought that was awesome <laughs> it's funny how things like that translate in a lot of different ways yeah and, and it go harkens back to like having non-design experience to design right like pretty much every experience you have kind of teaches you something that you can then apply to um, like your job, right? Or your life. Yeah. I kind of have a similar story, like kind of at the, the beginning of this like transition. Um, my, my girlfriend and I 
had a, a plot in a community garden mm. uh, right by our house. And so, yeah, we were very, very eager and very ambitious gardeners. Of, I, I say farmers. Um, uh, and we wanted, like, I had this vision of this, like, perfect garden, you know, beautiful vegetables, like, this manicured everything perfect weedless ever no weeds anywhere mm -hmm. i quickly realized that that is impossible uh and i began enjoying like just going there and picking weeds mm -hmm. because um it's a it's a daily thing um and you can't accomplish that in one go it's impossible to try to knock that design out. is never done design is never done working with people is never done but as long as you put in a, put in enough effort every day, you're gonna start trending things the right way, mm -hmm. and then oh, hope, yeah, hopefully over time you could you could um, shape it not shape it. Not that it might not take as much effort, but um, start to learn how to put preventatives in place mm -hmm. to avoid weeds, right? But there's always gonna be weeds, and I, it's one thing I remember realizing that I was like. I got to accept this. And mm -hmm. so I, I, it started to translate into into my work brain a little bit too. So I love what y'all both shared. I, I, I find that just very, very inspiring. There's, I mean, within both of those examples, you could, the metaphors just go, keep going and going and going, like growing and, 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 yeah. and, and accepting imperfections and, you know, yeah. like all this, like, it's awesome. I have to ask just because I have a baseball metaphor for everything, but I don't have a management <laughs> baseball metaphor. Y'all have any baseball management uh, metaphors? Hot take, not a fan. I'm not involved in baseball very much, Anthony. So I, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to, maybe we can ask the audience and then we'll share your email address and send them to you. Well, okay. I, I kind of, I can kind of put one into place. So you come up to bat, right? And the perfect thing that everybody wants to do, I'm going to hit a home run. Every time I want to get up to bat, I'm going to hit a home run, right? Every chance you get, okay, I get a new ticket or a new Jira task, whatever. This is going to be the best one I've ever done. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do it in one shot. But what's the real batting average of people? Mm. They don't, they kind of rarely hit a home run, mm -hmm. right? You hit a base hit, you know, most of the time you strike out a lot. You get yourself hit and take one for the team. You get yourself hit and you take for the team. So, like, yeah, I think there's something there for sure. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the reality of a baseball player is you're likely not hitting as much. Yeah, hitting yeah. as much as you think you would. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun that was a fun road we just went down. Yeah, yeah. Time. It's funny that you mentioned gardening. Um, for me, that was the metaphor that switched my burnt out mind mm. uh, manager's mind my husband uh, said well think about management as gardening i'm like hmm, okay uh like just you cannot control it right like you, yeah. you just like physically yeah. cannot control <laughs> it so just like let it grow and then like shape it shape it uh and that's that's your job like that, that's the perfect metaphor for um for a manager because like again like you have to be a very much treading the like the middle somewhere like a very balanced line between control and letting go right mr miyagi yeah, bonsai yeah. Tree is on the, <laughs> the aggressive don't don't go that far yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I think the the gardening one I could go I could go all day. I could I could put things together that makes that maybe makes sense. Um, not gonna grow anything unless you water every now and then. <laughs> oh yeah, we like yeah, fertilize yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, every every plant is different. You got to care for them differently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the peach tree cannot produce <laughs> apples, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can make hybrids. Oh, oh, you can, dude. That gets really weird. Like with, uh, I went down uh, a rabbit hole. I think it was on YouTube at one point about like, um, like hybridizing cacti. Uh-huh. You can just like cut one off of oh, one, wow. cut a little piece on another one, and then put them together, and they're good. And then somebody sees it and they're like, "Oh, that's a really cool." Like they think it's natural that way. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, actually, this is some weird Frankenstein cacti. I don't know if this is true, but also maybe similar to like team building and like along the lines of like skill, passion, or learning opportunities, growing opportunities. Like, is it true that some plants and trees like need each other to actually create their blooms or their fruit? Like the certain sp- species that actually depend on each other for certain nutrients? I, I don't know. I just. Um. I mean, yes, I th- I'm not, I'm not like the, the end all be all gardening resource for sure. <laughs> but like the pollinators do most of the job, right? Yeah. Like the bees and the butterflies and every, bu- every, every flying insect that touches one pollen of one translate um, and, and pollinates another. So therefore they do need each other. Right. But one interesting thing that I uh, realized is through gardening is that there are complementary plants to each other. Mm-hmm. So you plant one plant next to another, and it brings a certain, uh, or or maybe um, what is it? Brings a certain good bug mm. that this other plant needs. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I everything's a system. Everything is a system. Everything is a yeah. system. Um, okay, but I, I heard something about you, Juliana, that I was curious about. Yeah, because we we touched on hiring earlier, uh-huh. and I heard that you don't look at the design resume before you kind of talk to them. Yeah. Why? 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 <laughs> um. Well, first of all, I trust uh, our recruiters that they will bring someone who's already kind of matching on certain. Um, things uh but then i also feel that it's important to me to understand the person or a person's level from the conversation and not from the resume um usually through like i don't know the the first uh interview like it becomes clear where the person sits on seniority level. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say sometimes uh, super senior people don't perform that well, or very junior people have amazing thoughts. And um, (laughs) it's just like, I think looking at resumes or portfolios kind of biases you to think about a person in a certain way. So I kind of postponed that until like I'm, making a decision on like whether we need to hire or not and then i'm like okay just to make sure a person can design <laughs> uh do you tell them that you didn't look at their no no oh, okay <laughs> i think some people get offended by that like yeah. there is a like a 
a thought that like, well, well, a person didn't even look at my resume. Um, but um, there are different reasons to not look at the resume. So it'd only be like something useful, like if there was like two or three equally equally perfect candidates, but you're looking for things that like maybe tip the scales in one direction or other yeah, yeah. without the biases. Yeah. I love, I love that you said that you, that you primarily know that because of by, you know, of getting over biases. That's pretty cool. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of curious what it's like. Um, are, are companies, um, more, do you think companies are being a little bit more flexible these days with like criterion for designers? Like don't have to have a sort of MBA and, this sort of stuff you, you think that that um have you seen enough people like yourself who are willing to bring you know like think about that differently bring in career switchers versus only looking for seniors and are you seeing a trend in, in that i think so i'm not sure uh but for me definitely like it doesn't matter where you studied and as long as you can reason well through the questions that i'm asking you like you show that you can kind of thing from the first principles, understand the business, understand the design, like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess that's because I am myself is not a, like, a, I don't have any labels uh, yeah. to show that I'm, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. What? I don't either. I mean, I, I, I got a two-year associate's degree. Yeah. You know, Natalie dropped out of college. Mm -hmm. wow. I think mo a lot of people here at Fun Size like are not like business school people or even design school people. Yeah, you know, very few like maybe in the grand scheme. So I kind of wonder sometimes if I have a bias towards that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I hope I hope not. Right, I hope that when I'm looking at candidates, I'm looking at like who they really are, what they could do. But I wonder if I'm like, not that it's a bad thing, <laughs> but I think that you do. You bias towards people that maybe didn't go the traditional route. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Actually, I personally, I think it's a good thing because, um, I think that maybe you've mentioned it somewhere, but like life is just a journey. Right. And you can, uh, like where you end up is a hundred percent completely different than where you started and, or, and where you yeah. thought you were going is completely different than where you ended up. So I think that not going to school is just as valid as going to school because it's what happens there in between that defines what you, who you are and what you are, not what you are, but like the, the, the like here and now mm -hmm. and everything up until that point like has influence on that. And just because you went to some, Ivy League school doesn't mean you're going to be the perfect fit for a job or yeah, the perfect yeah. fit for a role or something like that, doesn't I guess there are two thoughts here. Um, well, first of all, it's really, really important to kind of design the hiring process that tests for what you're looking for mm -hmm. or like kind of resembles the, the work that uh, the person will be um, doing. Um, so for, for us, for example, we ask like some type of a product questions at, at least like three times so that we have like a good sense of consistency from the person's thinking. Um, 
and the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your pro- what's what's the pro- what's the process at a high level? So like, is that like kind of early on, or is that kind of towards the further down the funnel? No, it's it's basically pretty much uh, at every stage. Oh, okay. uh, we have like just four stages. I I think uh, I guess recruiting people uh, recruiters don't. Uh, do that but uh, as soon as you meet with hiring manager there is like a product question um then there's a big like uh two hours exercise uh design exercise which obviously has a lot of product thinking um and um then you talk to one of the cross-functional partners and uh they also have a product question uh for you so it's just like a lot of trying to understand how the person thinks, how they make decisions. Um, does it all make sense? Or like, do they uh, take into consideration like business, user, and uh, like feasibility and all mm-hmm. that? While we're here, are, you, are y'all hiring? Oh, we are. <laughs> we're always hiring. <laughs> um, yeah, check out uh, mercury.design. Uh, we have a few roles there. What's, um, you spend all of your time sort of thinking about the journey of the business and the services and the products the company creates and the people that work for you and like what, where they want to be, how they're going to get there. Like, um, what about you? Like what's, what are some of the things that you're, uh, excited to do like in the, in your future self? Like what are, I don't know. I mean, just anything like what are, what's the, what's the future of you look like? Honestly, for me, um, I guess I'm excited, um, about the ambiguity of it. Like I, I keep kind of going into a space where I don't know, uh, what I'm going to be doing. Uh, and it's like both, uh, discovering and creating, um, the job for myself. Um, that's the most fun. Um, I truly, truly believe that, um, basically people who you hire or like the whole team that works on product, um, that's the product. So, um, I think my job is to kind of make sure we are hiring people who align on the values, right? And who bring the expertise, uh, that is needed. Um, so just, just like, uh, I guess it's ever increasing complexity of this thought, right? Like it's actually the thought from, uh, design or org design for design orgs that, um, the team, like product team is actually, uh, no, the product is the result of, uh, the relationships on the team. And it's like just derailing down that thought, um, <laughs> that, um, like you have to have relationships with your partners, like honest, good relationships that really helps. Um, so just like, yeah, inspiring people, I guess, uh, is my next, (laughs) next role. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Well, Juliana, I think that, uh, we, we want to be super respectful of your time. So I think I just have a couple of more questions for you, if that's okay. Sure. So, 
again, maybe something I had, I had heard, or maybe you said it in passing, but why do you think no one owes you anything is so important? Yeah. Um, in my opinion, um, the thought that someone owes you something is a poisonous one. Um, I guess it's it somehow, in, in a weird way, um, rib, robs you of agency as well. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, probably, but uh, you kind of have expectations from others, um, and that makes you not free, I guess. Um, just because you, you become upset uh, that the expectations are not met. Um, I think it's also important to just, I, I guess, be aware of, uh, like, I don't know, life uh, happens, it's pretty random, uh, I don't know, there is no grand plot, uh, and it's it's kind of on you to decide where you go, how you want to be. Of course, there are a lot of circumstances that you would need to work through, but essentially, when you know that no one owes you anything, you have the freedom to actually do things your own way. Um, it's kind of you are letting others, people be free of owing you anything mm -hmm. and you, you no longer owe anything to them either. So it's like it's more of a free position to mm -hmm. be in. And then you can start playing with it and you start kind of experimenting and carving your own path. Um, yeah, and, and it's also like it, it, it makes you more active. Yeah, no, like waiting, waiting on something from somebody else, you're missing an opportunity yeah, exactly. to move forward. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, I don't know, I think this position this thought also makes you think that you cannot do some things because you owe people to not do those things. Mm. You know, like somehow, like sometimes people don't do something because they ha don't have a title. And it's kind of, it boxes you into things, right? Um, so, yeah, I, th I think that's that's why it's important. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important too. Um. I guess I have a question for you. I'm curious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious. What do you think people don't understand about design? Or like when people start the design career or when you started the design career, yeah. like what was it you're surprised about? Uh, okay. I'll give my, I'll give my, I'll jump in here. Um, how in like uh, starting at least from product design or UX design, um, how important, um, listening to uh, okay wait let me let me see if I can collect my thoughts here um, because putting the user first always super important a hundred percent sure but there's also there's there's user needs that are like like top of the top of the pile but then there's business needs that I think are are not necessarily at least whenever I was getting started and going through GA, it wasn't necessarily like super 
forward about that. Like user needs, user needs, user needs, which is always super important. But mm. the business is a bit, the business is a need has needs as well. Um, and one of the things that really kind of like brought it home to me was, um, there's a guy named Jay Malone, uh, that has a company called new haircut and he, and he, uh, he has this like three part series of articles that I was reading about framing the problem. And he had this, uh, this Venn diagram of like, uh, I think if I remember this correctly, I hope I don't chop it up, but users have, uh, users have need, which is value that they're trying to receive. Business has impact. They're trying to deliver or are trying to make. And the sweet spot is where they overlap. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think that one is one of the, one of the, most uh, clear realizations for me is like listening to the businesses often as equal as important as listening to the user because like finding that overlap is where the real magic happens that's a good one uh that's a lot deeper than my answer i, I was <laughs> i wasn't say math like i was looking for a career where i wouldn't have to do math and then i started doing web design and dealing with grids and math like and then in management spreadsheets and all this stuff like man I did not realize how much math and spreadsheets would be involved in doing design work. That's funny. Or, or manage and manage design management work. <laughs> for for me, it was decisions. Like mm. I was, I remember how burnt out not not burned but like drained I was at the end of the day uh, in the like first maybe like couple of months of just like deciding on things. Like, you are there alone with a Figma file, and you need to decide on colors and layouts and, like, how it all works. And, like, there are so many decisions mm, in just, yeah. like, one single feature um, that I, I, I definitely didn't... And uh, 40 edge cases. Exactly. I <laughs> uh, didn't realize. Um, but then also, just, like, how important it is to just sell, pe- sell people your idea. Um and just like talk, uh, talk a lot. Like uh, it definitely requires a lot of just good communication, yeah. a lot of talking. Communication key, hundred percent. That's I think that's a good learning as well. Being an articulate and clear communicator, not taking things personally, being candid. Yeah, and also don't expect uh, that people understand what mm-hmm. you uh, show them. Right, uh, they don't owe you to understand anything. Um, so uh, just like putting the hat of a designer, understanding the, the other person, and like trying to sell sell the idea. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Juliana, for taking time yeah. out and Super coming awesome in coming in here to chat with us in person. Thank you. Looking forward to continuing the conversation over dinner. Yeah, really, really enjoyed our chat. Hustle is brought to you by Funsize, a digital service and product design agency that works with inspiring teams to uncover opportunities, evolve popular products, bring new businesses to market, and prepare for the future. Learn more at funsize.co. I'm Paige, a product designer at Funsize. Namaste.